The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. More than 200 families are facing eviction from an apartment complex in Henrico County next month. Meg Schifris has more. Chastity Carter has lived in the Point at River City apartment complex for three years with her two sons. She's one of 237 tenants who received an unlawful detainer notice from her landlord in July. Almost the whole neighborhood you're trying to put out? These eviction proceedings are beginning at the same time rents are rising. So far this year, they've increased by 11.3% compared to 2021, according to a report by the Virginia Realtors Association. Laura Dobbs is an attorney with the Virginia Poverty Law Center. She advised renters of their rights before their hearings, where lawyers argued that they were not given adequate notice. They didn't provide that 30-day notice. And so the judge ordered briefing on those issues and admonished this landlord for having filed so many cases at one time and not notifying tenants. Aon Management bought the property earlier this year. A spokesperson representing the company says tenants can still avoid eviction by paying their outstanding balance. Meg Schifres, VPM News. Another presumed case of monkeypox has been identified in Virginia, making the total number of cases in the state 27 as of yesterday. The Virginia Department of Health says the adult male patient is from the northwestern region of the state. He's currently isolating and health officials are monitoring close contacts. Some of the common symptoms of the virus include a rash that looks like acne bumps or blisters, as well as headaches, fever, and chills. As of last week, the CDC reported around 790 monkeypox cases in the U.S. The second of two suspects police say were allegedly planning a mass shooting on July 4th in Richmond is being held in custody without bond. Whitney Evans reports. A judge denied bond for 38-year-old Roman Balacarcel at his arraignment Monday. He and 52-year-old Julio Alvardo Dubon have been charged with being a non-citizen in possession of a firearm. Richmond police say they thwarted a potential mass shooting with the help of a citizen tip. The anonymous caller reportedly told police they overheard a conversation about plans to attack a 4th of July celebration at the Dogwood Dell Amphitheater in Richmond. Prosecutors, in a petition filed last week, appealed a court's decision to grant Alvardo Dubon $15,000 bond. Both men have hearings scheduled the first week of August. Whitney Evans, VPM News. According to a recent industry report, tech workers in Richmond make roughly 26% less than their counterparts in San Francisco. This means Richmond is solidly within the fourth tier of tech industry cities in the U.S., roughly matching the wages of workers in Columbus, Ohio, and Raleigh, North Carolina, at an average of about $100,000 a year. Axios reports that the lower salaries have likely contributed to the city's so-called tech brain drain. Between 2015 and 2019, nearly half of all graduates with tech-related degrees left Richmond for other markets. Some Virginia lawmakers tried unsuccessfully to approve an array of new education voucher programs this year, seeking to allow public funds to pay for private school education. V. 
VPM News education reporter Megan Pauley tells us about the dark history of voucher programs in Virginia following the Brown v. Board of Education case. In order to sidestep school desegregation orders, Virginia lawmakers changed the state constitution, allowing for state funds to pay for student scholarships, primarily at all-white segregation academies. The state of Virginia gave out millions of dollars of taxpayer money for these tuition scholarships. That's Brian Doherty, history professor at VCU. He says the tuition grants weren't the only way state lawmakers thwarted desegregation. They also allowed localities to sell public property to establish racially segregated schools. And they made a whole new category of tax breaks available to citizens who wanted to donate to private schools that were racially segregated. Those tax breaks also helped pay for the construction of former segregation academies, including Prince Edward Academy, which still operates as a private school. It's been renamed the Fuqua School and didn't admit its first black student until the late 1980s. Megan Pauley, VPM News. After receiving a state designation as a historic location, the Shaco Hill African Burying Ground was recently added to the National Register of Historic Places. The site is the final resting place for at least 22,000 people of African descent, making it one of the largest burial grounds for people who were enslaved in the United States. Virginia Commonwealth University researchers say the grounds stretch up to 31 acres, and much of it is covered by train tracks and roadways like Interstate 64. Last month, a historical highway marker was placed at the site by the state. For decades after World War I, the U.S. government didn't consider phone operators who served as veterans. Most of them were women and included Newport News native Marie Moss. Paul Bebo from partner station WHRO was there this weekend when Moss received the veteran's funeral she didn't originally get. Marie Moss died in 1987. She was one of the first women to enlist in the United States Army as part of the Signal Corps during World War I. Hundreds of women were phone operators to Allied forces across the battlefront. For decades after, the U.S. government did not recognize those operators as veterans. Chris Garcia works for the Virginia War Museum. He helped organize Moss's ceremony. No one could locate her descendants, so Garcia accepted the traditional folded American flag for them. It's just a complete honor. That's the best way of putting it, you know. Um, And I hope that one day down the line, any, any one of us, somebody's going to remember us. Retired Army Sergeant Brenda Johnson laid a wreath on Moss's grave. Well, Chris was telling me they were going to do a ceremony, and I just thought it was just wonderful to, to get females recognized. Moss's grave at the Green Lawn Memorial Park will soon get a veteran's marker. That was Paul Bebo reporting. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org slash news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. PM. 
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.